Gus McGrath here speaking to you from the Randwick Ritz Cinema, located on unceded Gadigal and Bidjigal land. Special podcast exclusive. Maybe you hear the the hustle and bustle of the cinematic joy uh, underneath, behind me. You might also hear this crunchy little microphone. Um, My first time using this Zoom uh, recorder on the streets live for movies, movies, movies. I'm so full of um, raspberry slurpee, it's great. So, why, why I'm here on the scene at the Ritz. So, maybe if you're going through the Fantastic Film Festival program, the Fantastic Film Fest Australia program, you might have noticed something elusive. An untitled and perfectly legal coming-of-age parody film. If you dig just a little bit deeper, though, you will find this is actually a film called The People's Joker. So the film sees director, co-writer, editor, and star Vera Drew recasting the infamous comic book villain as an aspiring clown grappling with gender identity, all while battling against a fascist caped crusader. So I've been keen to see this film for a long time, but I haven't because this gorgeous, totally wild DIY queer cinema premiered last year at the Toronto International Film Festival. It played once. It was also meant to play in Sydney and Melbourne for the uh, Metamorphosis Festival by Static Vision, but after the first screening, after one screening, Vera Drew was confronted by Warner Bros being like, you cannot do what you are doing. So it it wasn't screened, which, I mean, even ahead of time, Vera Drew was working with the lawyers who were saying the film should definitely be protected under fair use parody law, but, uh, you know, Warner Brothers got that big, big cashies. So for a long time, the film has been in a strange stasis. Until now, I'm really, really excited to talk about the film with Vera Drew, who has been flown into the country from the US by Static Vision. Uh, she's here to give a Q&A for the film, but we get a little exclusive Movies, Movies, one-on-one. Thank you so much for joining us, Vera Drew. Wonderful. You're in the country. Obviously, don't need to get into any of the kind of uh, crazy legal battles, but has it does it feel like part of the journey of the film that it's been kind of shrouded in this like difficulties of screening is it frustrating that it's kind of eclipsed by this or is it just like part of the process in in getting it out there i mean that's an interesting question because normally people just uh ask me like what happened at tiff so it's actually like kind of nice to be asked like how does it make you feel uh because i think that's actually easier to answer like it really is like it's kind of a mixed bag like i mean in, in a way um you know, what happened at TIFF with, like, Warner Brothers coming after us and saying that they don't feel like it's a parody and it infringes on their brand. Um, way more people found out about the movie. Um, like, I really do think if they had just ignored me like Disney did with Escape from Tomorrow, I, I, they wouldn't... It would have been... The movie probably would have screened... I'm sure it would have gotten a little bit of a following, but I, I, they really, uh, 
they legitimized, I think, <laughs> kind of what the message of the movie is. And, and um, it's, it's like kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like the movie really is about um, somebody trying to like make it work inside of a system and getting kind of exploited by the system, getting caught up by it. And um, yeah, it all, it all kind of, it all kind of tracked. And I mean, at the same time, it's, it has been, uh, yeah, it's been hard to really figure out what we're doing because my lawyers think the movie's perfectly fine to screen. And um, yeah, that's why we've kind of been taking it out again. And yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad it's come. It feels like, um, you're like Joaquin Phoenix at the end of Joker and you're like in the cop car and all the people are like dressed as the Joker riding around you being like, give us the movie. Yeah. No, that's definitely what it feels like. I mean, I'm glad it, it's like, I never could have imagined it um, getting the response it, it's gotten. Like, I mean, the, you know, I, it really started as this like community project that was just like existing among friends and stuff. So... Yeah, I never really could have imagined like people like I'd have people bothering James Gunn every day for me, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I guess I also so I I have yet to see the movie because of all the, these issues, and I would love to hear you talk. I mean, even from kind of the clips I've seen, the chaotic digital nature of it is there, but I've seen you describe it as a multimedia film, and I would love to hear you know what what that means. You know, what's what's the multimedia of it all? Well, yeah, it's 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 like a mixed media film. Um, you know, when when the whole thing started because uh, you know, like I, I I used to have a web series called Hot Topics with Vera Drew, which is the only web series with the express purpose of getting Vera Drew sponsored by Hot Topic, and uh, I never was sponsored by Hot Topic. They they I was too edgy for them. I think. Um, even though I mostly just wear their stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, it was on that show that I announced uh, to that pretty small audience, like, I was going to be making a, a queer coming-of-age Batman movie. And if anybody wanted to help, uh, you know, uh, I needed help making it. And I woke up to, like, 200-something emails, and I was shocked because I thought it was just going to be like 11 weirdos that would be like sure and and you know it was it was crazy it was like animators and matte painters and uh actors from all over the world uh VFX artists at other editors like it it really um just those words queer coming of age Batman movie really like electrified um various artistic corners of of the internet so it the 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 aesthetic of like mixed media really just came out of that like having this this amazing community of artists and um you know like all coming from different disciplines like the people that worked on this movie um and that put like their souls into this movie with me like most of them don't work in tv or film like you know like one of our main exteriors uh is a ceramic, like it's our, one of the main exteriors is uh, kind of like a circus uh, and, and we did it with like ceramics. Like it's, it's stuff like that and like we, you know, we have a whole uh, exterior location that was this bizarre like 
uh, almost like puzzle-like painting, and we turned that into like a 3D environment. So it was really just kind of um, taking all these kind of disparate voices and, and unifying them. And, and I need to stress, too, that it was like a very collaborative film. Like, I mean, my vision was clearly there, and like I was always going to be... Like, I mean, I'm on screen for pretty much every single shot. Um, I'm in there no matter what so it was really kind of easy to put my ego aside and just kind of go like here's my ideas execute them however you want and then you know like the next day I'd wake up and there'd be like an incredible Batmobile in my inbox that like kind of looks like a, a penis can I say penis I don't know oh you can fully say penis <laughs> so fun I'm also glad you brought up the Hot Topic show because I was thinking like okay like emo mall goth ooze aesthetic is that is that part of your filmmaking world like it's kind of it's such a rich visual culture that I think also contains those kind of cultural uh, obsessions that feel like they fit in this film is that part of your like filmmaking uh, vision maybe I mean I'm I'm really influenced by uh like I guess I guess what people would say is like monoculture like I, I really do love like these superhero movies like I don't really like the bad ones um, and I do think most of them are bad ones um, but uh, you know um, the Suicide Squad movie that came out in 2015 or 2016 uh, is one of my favorite just aesthetic achievements of all time like I think it's such a beautiful weird like neon dad rock nightmare and um yeah I don't know like I'm I, I think I am pretty influenced uh by pop culture I really like to see myself reflected in it and at the same time like I, I think I want to like prove to myself and in, in the stuff that I make that you you can kind of play with pastiche and and play with these kind of aesthetics in a way that's sincere and like actually about identity and isn't just like, oh, I like, you know, like comic book movies or whatever and like leaving it at that. Like what if, if these things, like if superheroes are really modern myths, like let's look at them from that context of like coming of age because that's what myth is supposed to be about. Um, and yeah, I mean, I love I love fishnets and and uh, and you know emo and My Chemical Romance. Uh, very influenced by Gerard Way, just as a as a as an art, artistic performer. And I yeah, I, I think uh, the Wachowski sisters too. I think we're 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 a big um, big nudge towards the, the the alt spaces for for a chick like me. Yeah, and it's, it's funny as well, because I feel like there's such a thing of, like, so much of the problems I have with these, like, superhero movies is that it's, like, the movies are negging people for liking them. Like, something will happen. You know, it's like, I'm a fucking dweeb. I was into X-Men comics when I was a child. I was like, I want them to go to space, and there's, like, some shred dude in space who's, like, also a wizard. And it's, like by taking on that that's so silly that you can get to something sincere whether these jokes that are like can you fucking believe this guy's like a magician or whatever whether I think there's something that's like so incredible about even like so watching these these Hot Topic web series you've done not having been able to see this film yet is that you can kind of actually get these you know quote unquote cringe aesthetics but actually like 
through a sincere embrace of them and acknowledging, you know, getting past the irony pill that there's actually something deeply uh, sincere about these things and that's why these things stick around. Yeah, and, and you know, like, it's weird because that, that word, like, cringe, I, I never heard it until after TIFF. Um, and it's so funny to me because, you know, like, I came up as an editor at Adult Swim uh, working with Tim and Eric and, like, you know, like, I have a healthy appreciation of irony and stuff and I, I really do think, like, you know, that that era, like, of comedy from, like, you know, 20, 2006 to, like, 2014, like, that really did shape culture in this way in a lot of great ways. Um, but to me, what always was kind of missing from it was the sincerity and was the, like, kind of, yeah, like, leaning into lo-fi aesthetics, but putting your heart out there. Like, I never understood... And Tim Heidecker was always very encouraging to me, specifically. Um, uh, he would always push me as an artist to, like, be really honest in my work. And... and and uh, so I, yeah, I mean, like I've always, I've always wanted to sort of like create a hybrid of those two, and I think, uh, yeah, hopefully more artists can can kind of like get over themselves and just like stop being embarrassed by like wanting to make movies. Like it's so funny to me, like how much of like mainstream pop culture now is just that that like detached like. It's not even like, oh, we're too cool to be here. It's like, we're so miserable wherever we are. And uh, it's just a, it's a shield. It's a bullshit. It's bullshit. And like, I don't know. If you like actually want to be cool, like, it's so silly, but just fucking be yourself and like stop, you know, worrying so much about like coming off like cringe or embarrassing or whatever. That's beautiful. I, I think that's a perfect point to end on. One last question. If you could fuck, marry, kill any jokers of all history, what, what's, what's the feeling? Wow, okay. Fuck, marry, kill. Um, no, 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 but I, I really want to answer this, okay. this, 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 this well. I would, I would fuck... I would fuck Cesar Romero... Oh yeah. Um, mustache ride. Uh, wasn't he like? Wasn't there a whole thing that he was really into like sex parties with the guy who played the penguin or something? I believe so. I believe he was, and he also. I don't know. Like, I love the intensity of a man playing the Joker who refuses to shave his mustache under his clown makeup. Like, that's a guy who fucks. <laughs> um, and kill. Uh, I don't want to kill any of the Jokers. Um, and Mary, I would definitely probably marry um, the, the Jared Leto Joker, but it would need to be an open relationship uh, just because I'm not that into dudes. Yeah, fair. You know, there's, we don't need to put bounds on the marrying in the game. Um, thank you so much for this. Really appreciate this. So excited your film is being played. Is there, is there any, like, are you working on a new film? Have you just been so absorbed in this that this is just the focus of the... And the thing, what can we expect from you coming out of this? Well, everybody should um, be on the lookout for the People's Joker. I mean, we're, I think we're figuring it out. Like, these secret screenings are really kind of the first step in, in, in our rollout. Um, 
and yeah, I've been I've been writing like crazy because uh, I'm losing my mind, and uh, that's when I really need to be writing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to make a horror movie right now. I'm trying to make two different horror movies right now, and uh, Brie LaRose, who wrote um, The People's Joker with me, we're also writing a, uh, a new feature film called Boy Police, uh, and I'll just leave it at that. It's called Boy Police, and it's... Nobody's going to ever give us money to make it. Uh. <laughs> That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you.